This program is brought to you by thepodcastfactory.com. are listening to copy chief radio today i have with me two cool dudes from copy chief mr kevin rogers and mr ross ross i don't know how to say your last name o'lachlan o'lachlan you nailed it oh how about that so kevin over to you my friend thank you brother yeah man another fun episode always great to have ross on and i'll tell you man so much i admire about ross uh, one of the things he's taught me a lot about is, is how to be more organized and productive. Um, and so I thought it'd be cool to have Ross on to, uh, share, you know, something he's not known for, but he's really good at. And so Ross, uh, thanks for coming on brother and help us with some of your productivity tips. Happy to do it, man. Productivity is like one of my nerdy, uh, nerdy passions that I don't get to talk about all that much, but which kind of gets me kind of excited. So let's do this. <laughs> That's like when I go into, I go into Office Depot or one of these, you know, office supply stores, and I'm just like, ooh, I geek out. You know, it's like, ooh, pens and notepads. Yeah. So you're well, you're an engineer, right? And so you think yeah. you were drawn uh, to to become an engineer? For reasons like that, I mean, is it a stereotype to say that engineers are organized people or think in, in organized ways? Uh, y- yes and no. Like when you're living or training to be an engineer, like you, you do, um, you know, you do have to be somewhat organized. But some of the most disorganized people I know are, are engineers. <laughs> so it's um, to, to an extent, yes, but I wouldn't say that every engineer I know would be organized or productive. <laughs> yeah. The, you don't walk into their house and they got like a, uh, a Rube. What, what's that thing? The, uh, the, the, the Rubik's cube. Not, not pre- the Rubik's pre- cube. No, the other one, the Rube Goldberg or whatever, the thing where you you know, you set up dominoes and it knocks down this and then it swings. The- <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 definitely not. That's all just an illusion and a fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See, we're ending all kinds of stereotypes and racism on the show. We tackled race (laughs) last week, and now we're talking about uh, what the engineers are dealing with, these false assumptions. All right. So (laughs) we're here for the people. Uh, Ross, yeah. So, man, have at it, bro. I know you got a a list. And give us, like, your your faves. And, again, this is really important for – uh, copywriters because we live for distraction. I know I always did. It's like, man, something, please come by and give me an excuse to not have to discipline myself to stay in this chair and finish this draft. So, uh, tell us what, what works for you, man. Yeah. So like, I'll start off by saying, you know, productivity and, and being organized is in itself a huge competitive advantage, especially over other copywriters, because, you know, you couldn't attest to this, Kev, like writers in general aren't, um, you know, the most organized, productive people. If we're if we're kind of looking back on stereotypes. Right. Um, But you look at like some of the most successful writers out there in any field and, and they are exceptionally organized. Right. And they are exceptionally productive. Like there's one quote, I think, by what is it, Stephen King? And he's like the difference between amateurs um and professionals that professionals just get down and and get 
get to it, right? Um, yeah. And I, I, I'd say to that point, I'd add to it that when they get down to it, they know what they're doing. They're not just sitting down and saying, well, I guess I got to get some work done here. And then they're noodling around for four hours like they're there to have a plan in front of them and they're, they're going to do it. So, you know, I look at productivity and I look at it from kind of, you know, a couple of aspects. And um, number one is, you know, you you know what you're going to be doing. Right. Like you have a plan, uh, whether that's like a daily plan or a weekly plan. And, um, you know, you're you know ahead of time what has to get done. Um, and then the second part of it is just managing your distractions, right? Um, you know, if you have a list of things to get done and you can sit down and actually get them done um, without having other things intrude into your life, you're going to be, you know, 10 times more productive than someone that hasn't got those two basic things. Um, and those are two of the, uh, the, the main, you know, kind of pillars that I've, I've kind of built my productivity around. Um, and the, I think the, the main point that we, we were chatting about um, that kind of prompted this discussion to come up was actually the distraction management, right? Yeah. Um, we've talked about it when we've kind of been, you know, working together in the, in, in the same room as well as digitally that, like, these days as a writer, you, are, you have to be in your computer, right? Like, yeah. very few people... Uh, will will use like a typewriter, and I was baffled when I when I came down to meet you in Florida, and you actually got out a, a paper pad, <laughs> you had a paper pad and a pencil, and you started writing out by hand, and I was like, "What are you doing, Kev? <laughs> <laughs> what is that thing?" Yeah, yeah, I I, I can only um, be productive, you know, like when I it's time to write. I'll wake up that day and I don't even go near the computer. I'm just looking for that yellow legal pad and that pen and a quiet place to drink some coffee. And I know I'll get the full, full draft out that way. But man, if there's a blinking light or something else to click, I'll be there. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's those distractions that are just constantly coming at you. And, you know, I would be much more, um, you know, on the digital side of things, not quite a millennial, but just on the way into that that era where, you know, pretty much all I've all my work, you know, throughout my academic career and whatnot was all pretty much done, you know, on computers. So um, for me, what I found really effective is to look for ways to automate the distractions out of your life. Right. Like you, people talk about these apps that you can have where you can block certain websites and those are great until you forget to turn them on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's like two hours go by and you're like, oh, I sat down here at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock and now it's lunchtime and what have I really done apart from checked a few emails and done this and done that and responded to this and, you know, your day has, has gotten away from you um, when you sat down with really good intentions to actually get work done. So, um, you know, what I've looked to do is, is it, there's a great uh, tool called Freedom freedom.to this is the one that i've used lately and it's like the be all and end all of, of uh, what i've been looking for um and what it allows you to do is like schedule blocks of your day uh, and you can choose which websites should be blocked during those times um and then on top of that you can apply it to your phone and to your your ipad or whatever device that you have uh, and this has been huge for me i've used other versions of this um b before in the past but this one extends to your smart devices which mm. you know I, I really like because 
you know, you carry your smartphone around with you the whole time and it's basically the, the world's most successful distraction device, right? <laughs> there are entire companies that have been built around keeping you distracted uh, on your on your smartphone. So, you know, what I'll do is I'll just, I'll just go on in there and schedule and say, okay, yeah, between, you know, 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. and 6 p.m., I'm not able to access Facebook, YouTube, um, any of what I call your your distraction portals, right? Your distraction portals are those websites that your brain will reflexively just go to and type the URL into the URL bar without you even realizing it. And before you know it, in that slight moment, that slight window that was there, you know, has gone to distract itself. So mm -hmm. I just keep track of what those are and have them on a block list. And then during the day, I just can't access them on on any device. Interesting. And this is just a simple, for levity here, just some proof that uh, being less distracted doesn't make you more efficient. On freedom.to right now, it is, uh, as we record this, July 26th, and they still have their July 4th coupon code working. So uh, <laughs> it's, it says celebrate July 4th, say 40% today. Um, so that's kind of funny. I had to point that out. But uh, all right, very cool. And so uh, and this helps you. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you literally can't get in, you can't get past this thing. Like what if there's an emergency and you know, somebody says, please check my Facebook message because it, if it doesn't get responded to by noon, we lose, uh, you know, $20,000. Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, that's never going to happen. Uh, but you know, yeah. it, it re realistically what I have is I don't block the messenger. So I'm still able to get messages. But okay. like for me, just from studying the way I interact with Facebook, the biggest time suck, for example, there is the news feed and then the notifications and the notifications, yeah. you never get notified for anything, oh, yeah. or, or anything important, really. So that's well, that's where you can spend all the time just going down that rabbit hole. So for that's sure. primarily what I, what I block out. And, and also, yeah. you know, do videos because we all have you know gone down that rabbit hole more than once where oh yeah let me just click on what this one video is and then before you know oh, it, yeah dude I, I trees many, yeah how, how how about when you go to facebook for a reason like to answer a message or something right uh and you're you know 30 minutes later i'll close the app disgusted with myself and then go, Oh crap, I went there for a reason. I had to do something, you know? And it, I told, it, you know, and we've read articles and, and there's been studies how, you know, Facebook is deliberately, uh, addicting, you know, for the same reason that slot machines have become, you know, the biggest problem in gambling for people. Uh, it's just that interaction, that immediate re reward loop, uh, of, of interaction, you know, I mean, you think about it, it's not unlike a, uh, a, a slot machine where you, you, you put some credits in, you hit the button, you watch the thing spin and you either win or you lose. And you just, you know, keep, you see people in casinos just sitting there with a yeah. cigarette dangling out of their mouth, just tapping yeah. that. They don't look like they're having any fun at all. It's just like they're programmed to be in this, this loop. And yeah. it's not unlike, especially with notification, I hate notification. I always turn off all notifications just because I, I don't, I don't appreciate being, having my attention stolen away. Right. Mm, but, mm. uh, Facebook is the same thing. I mean, I still as guilty as anybody of, you know, you start this conversation and it's an open loop. You want to see, has there been progress on this thing or did anybody care about that thing I posted? And it's the same thing as the slot machine. You're, 
you're the act of hitting the button, logging in, and you're either a winner because somebody said something cool or liked your stuff, or you're a loser because nobody did, or somebody yeah. had something negative to say. So it's a very addictive loop that they've created for us. Oh, a hundred percent. And like, there's a great book on on this, like the power of habit, which we we've talked about, and that's exactly what it is. It just becomes a habit, and it's a it's a you've been programmed, uh, whether you like it or not, to to go back looking for that that hit that little what's the result you know what's what's did that game did i win did i lose um and I, even though i have like built these automations where i can't access things during the week um i, I also have it set up that i can't get my emails on my phone throughout the weekend now as well because i'm like you know there's no need for me to get read my emails over the weekend i'm not going to do anything with them yeah. um but I, I still catch myself taking my phone out and checking my emails on the weekend. Like yeah. I, the, the behavior is so ingrained that I would do it and then mm -hmm. I'll see, oh yeah, I, my emails aren't coming through because I don't get them and I put the phone back in my pocket um, or I catch myself going to Facebook during the day, like I'll go to the URL bar and type in FAC, hit enter as it like auto-populates the bar and then it says blocked and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I guess I've had something else to do. What else have I got to do? And that moves on to the second part of it, which is, you know, have a list of things that you, you need to get it done um, and, and things that you have planned out that you should actually be getting done for the day uh, and for the week. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, have to do lists day to day. And, you know, I, I absolutely think that's a fantastic thing. Um, but a, 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 a good friend of both of ours, uh, April Dykeman, actually put me on to uh, what's known as the Productivity Planner, which I, I really like. Um, and what it is, is uh, it's the principle of writing down things that need to get done, but then ranking them in order of importance, right? And yeah. then doing the most important thing first, right? Which is often the hardest thing. Because um, what I would do is I used to write things down on a on a, uh, on a little four by six card. Um, and I'd write out like maybe seven or eight things to do for the day. And then uh, what I would do is, I'd start checking off the easy ones first, right? Like reply to this email, call this person. I'm like, oh yeah, that'll just take me five, 10 minutes. I get these out of the way and then I go on to the hard stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and then I would just start scratching those off and I, I would feel like I'm making progress because I'd have eliminated like half the items on my to-do list. Hmm. But the other half would be the actual important things that needed to, to actually get done, the, the things that were going to be like the main thing for the day. Um, and since I've kind of started that practice, I've seen a big, a big upswing in, um, in, in the, just the, the stuff that I get done, like the, the big wheels get moved as opposed to just moving and, you know, greasing the little gears around the side. Right. Um, and is that, where can I see that? That's a, that's not a digital thing. That's a, uh, no, that's an actual physical book. It's called the productivity planner. Uh, if oh. you go to productivityplanner.com, um, that's, that's, uh, where it was recommended to me by April, who, uh, you know, when I was going through a period where my productivity had taken a hit just because there was a lot of stuff going on in my own life, she was like, this is, this is something that really had me kind of get, get back on, back on track. Cool. Uh, what is not, oh, I'm missing an eye in there. All right. Productivityplanner.com. <laughs> He's cool. distracted. <laughs> I'm like a little monkey. You got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, you told me yeah. about this, and it's, it's always because I always feel like oh, I can just pull out a piece of paper and, and do that. But you find having the book gets you. Are you in the habit now of just filling out this book every day? Yeah, and it's like I, I, I think, and I'm like, well, what is the most important thing that I have to get done? And I put that down the bowl. And what I'll often do is I'll actually write, like, brainstorm out on a piece of paper all the things that I need to get done today. And yeah. then I'll rank them and put them in the book in, in that order. Um, so like, it's, it's, it's like the book is, is, is not necessarily the important part. It's like the principle that they, they teach at the front of the book, which is, you know, make like the, I'm not sure who said it, but like the main thing is keeping the main thing, the main thing. Um, and if you can do that, you'll, you know, you'll make way more progress than people that are, you know, keeping busy and doing a lot of work, but not really getting stuff done. Um, which is the, the big challenge. Interesting. Yeah. I know John Lee Dumas had a, a huge hit with his uh, Freedom Journal, which was kind of like this, but a, but a long term thing. You know, what do you you decide what your big goal is, and you make progress every day towards it? You know, and so I think these ideas of uh, and just journaling in general is super important. Just getting getting offline and having a uh, pen and paper aspect to your day and especially as a way to track you know R ross you and i have both done task audits that was recommended yeah. to me from james Shramko, and, and that's always really helpful to me and, and that's where you just simply write down every little thing you do all day uh because we just don't realize how many things we're doing in a day little things come up and we're like ah so let me take care of that right now and tick that off and that's why by by three in the afternoon i'm pretty i'm mentally exhausted just because uh, I don't realize how many little things I've devoted some some brain to, yeah, and and it it really is a difficult discipline to to do these things. So, all right, cool. Yeah. What uh, what's next? Yeah, so um, kind of you touched on it there with the John Lee Dumas thing, which is like ha having a big picture, right, um, mm. and then tying your your day to day activities to those that that big picture. And um, what I found really, really effective, uh, you know, in just guiding me and keeping me on track in making that, you know, building up the skills and then being able to make the transition to full time freelance copywriter was was doing out this um, exactly that. Like, what are my large, you know, long term goals? What does that look like five years from now, you know, four years from now, three years from now, two years from now, next year, six months, next month? Right. And like you kind of chunk those goals backwards. Right. Um, and then what you do is you do a weekly review. So, you know, it's like, OK, well, it, within the next month, I have to accomplish. Let's say my I don't know. My goal is to have 100,000 people on my list by, you know, 2020. Right. And I break that goal down to by the end of the year, I need to have 5000 people on my list. Right. So mm. then this month, how many people do I need to get on my list? Um, it's like let's say it's, I don't know, 250 per month or whatever, right? Um, at, at that point, it's like, okay, then I need to figure out what do I need to do this week to achieve that goal? And then at the end of the week, you do a weekly review and you say, well, what were the, you know, what were the three things I said I was going to get done this week? Did I get them done? Yes or no? Um, and if I did get them done, write down, you know, what, what contributed to the success. If I didn't get it done, why not? 
And it's not necessarily beating yourself up and saying, well, I didn't get it done because I'm not good enough. It's like finding out the psychological reasons. Like, was it because that goal was actually unattainable for that week? Like it was too lofty? Mm. Was it because I didn't prioritize it for another reason? You know, was it because I just didn't have the time or I got distracted and my life got disrupted for all these other reasons? But just doing that weekly check-in and saying, what are the three things I'm going to do next week that are moving me towards this month's goals? That that was was huge for me because then, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm planning for the week. What am I going to get done this week? I don't have to start brainstorming. I've already done that thought work and realized, okay, yeah, well, you know, clearly I'm moving towards these larger goals. So let me just take a chunk of that and work on it for 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 this week or for for this month. And you know, that doing that, it it also always gives you a place to kind of fall back on when you think, well, well, what should I be working on next? Yeah. Great. All right, I think we have time for one more, if you have it. Um, yeah, this is actually uh, something that you recommended to me, which is has been really effective. And I'd love to get your input on this as well. But it's, uh, you know, theming your days, right? Mm. Like when I first started out as a freelancer, um, you know, someone had said, you know, always, always give like the first hour of your day to your marketing, um, and there's a lot of value in, in that statement. But what I was finding was I wasn't getting a whole lot done with that approach. Um, and I just decided to make like Tuesdays my marketing day. So then I got a whole day to get a run at it rather than like one hour each morning, which involved a lot of ramp up. And then, you know, if I got distracted or something came in, that entire hour was gone. Yeah. Um, so spent, getting to spend like a whole day or even a half a day, you know, a block of time on a specific project or, or task, you know, produce much higher results for me than, you know, just doing like one hour each day for over the course of the week. I've tried unsuccessfully to theme my days, I'll admit. It, it, I think it's a great concept. It comes from, I learned it from Todd Herman, who has a thing called the 90 day year, which I'm, I haven't been through, but I'm sure it's a great program because Todd's a, a master at this stuff. He consults, you know, billionaire business owners and uh, high-level athletes and everything. So, um, I'm glad to know that that's working for you. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that another, another push because uh, I think it's brilliant, you know. And I, I know that high-level CEOs. There's one guy who is the CEO of two of his own companies, and we're talking about, you know, Nasdaq-traded uh, companies here. And the only way he can do it is to theme his days. So, you know, one day's tech day and he just anything to do with tech. He knows that that's going to be talked about and handled on Tuesday. Right. All the finances are happening on Wednesday. Marketing is Monday. Uh, it makes sense. But again, these things take a lot of discipline to break out of the habits that we've all developed just before we knew how busy we'd get someday. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you got to you got to kick over your anthill and start rebuilding in some ways to, to make this happen. So. Yeah, I the, the, yep. yeah, one just final thought on that is like one way I've applied that as well. And I think you've you've mentioned this as well is, you know, making, you know, whether it's your morning or your evenings, your most productive part, like make that your part of the day where work gets done rather than like accepting calls and meetings all the way throughout the day. Decide, do I want to take my calls and meetings in the morning or the evening? And then just, a, you know, blocking out the rest of the day for actual work getting done. Right. Because there's nothing more disruptive than being in the middle of knocking things out and then you're like oh yeah i have that three o'clock with this person that yeah. you know yeah, good point. Take. yeah absolutely find your most productive time of the day and, and own it 
Awesome. All right, Ross, really appreciate this. Jonathan, uh, I think that's a wrap. I know we're right at our time limit here. So another fantastic episode in the books. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Cheese, for tuning in. And we will be back inside your ears next time. You've been listening to Copy Chief Radio. Thank you for tuning in. If you're digging what we are laying down for you, then your next step is to go over to iTunes, type in Copy Chief Radio into the search bar, and when you find a show, subscribe. We will be back in your earbuds next week. This is the podcastfactory.com.